This is the Agile Thoughts Podcast, and I'm Lance Kine. Hi, I am Tim Webb. I am VP and an engineering lead here at Genuatech. I head the software development organization, and our goal is to try to help drive value for our customers for software development teams. Uh, whether that's a small or large shop. And so very happy today to be talking about how teams can hopefully collaborate a bit better, uh, as well as give an introduction to a, a product we've rolled out, which is called Code Together. The first episode of this series started in episode 109. Go find the show archive to catch up. So how does it work? In short, your source code stays on your IDE. Um, that's kind of the founding premise. There's different tools out there that shuffle all your project around, and that's too much. A lot of people have big projects, especially with node modules and folders that have tens of billions of files. Uh, so you want to have a way that people can connect in. So in simple terms, you go to your IDE, say start a session, I give you a link, you open that in your browser, and you see the source. If you do content assist or error validation or quick fix, all that sort of relayed efficiently end-to-end encrypted to the IDE so that there's no exposure of the source on the wire. Uh, And it gives you all that kind of power of having the IDE local without needing to bring the source local. And so right now, the workarounds, you commit, somebody pulls from source, they try it out. In this, you can really take turns coding. One of the cool things, though, is because you're in sharing the IDE by kind of bits and not screen sharing, you can keep getting your notifications. You don't get embarrassing alerts of a play date with the kids or anything else that may pop up while you're in the middle of working. But as a host, I can actually do something else too. So let's say you're helping me. I can actually jump over and finish something else in the source. I can answer an email. I can answer a Slack. It does allow you to diverge. In the first version of Code Together, we had this controller watcher sort of concept, controller follower. And in the new one, we have a code together toggle. So when you want to code together, everyone sees the same selection, the same source coding. At the, you, you kind of stay in lockstep. But if you imagine it as a conference room, somebody can say, I'm going to leave the conference room and code alone. And they can go do their own thing. People can see what file they're in, but you don't have to follow them. So now, back to that analogy, you could leave the conference room, join me in my cubicle or my office, and and look over my shoulder again. So it allows this sort of organic uh, pairing and unpairing while you're coding. In the 1.3 update, we make that a little more obvious. You could always do it, but it was a little convoluted, and some of our users couldn't quite see see the light because of our patterns in the UI. So now it's big toggle, code together or code alone. Boom. <laughs> oh, I see. Right, right, right. <clears throat> yeah, IDEs are really busy. So it's it's hard to, uh, if you had a switch there, it's very difficult to see them. Yeah. <laughs> Let me uh, talk about my experience in Code Together a little bit. What caught my eye with Code Together? I was going to do an interview <clears throat> where I was going to pair with somebody. And I thought, you know, I haven't looked to see what tools are available to make this better. My, my old favorite uh, was Screen Hero, but that kind of went away, Slack Bottom, and, I, and I, I don't know if you have, maybe if you buy the license, you get it. I'm not sure. But anyways, I'm never in a situation where I have a Slack license. And uh, I thought that was a very nice tool. Before that, so if I go back further in time, before that, in the Apple ecosystem, if you do screen sharing and uh, also 
well, screen sharing. And then we used to do that through iMessage, but the, the, they, they changed the messaging systems. But I still think it works pretty well. And then if we want to step into the uh, Linux world, you can do things, or even Windows, I suppose, is real VNC and other technologies. However, those are sharing everything, and they're not easy to just jump in and pair with somebody else. And a lot of those other tools require certain platforms or require certain things to be installed. But the cool thing about Code Together, in my experience, is I was going to meet a stranger and, and pair with them. And so when I discovered the plugin going in the, in the spring, uh, the Eclipse Marketplace, I go, oh, look, there's a tool. Let me try it out. Um, I was able to without reading a manual, get it working. And, and, it, and I played with it for a little while on my own system just to see how it worked. And then after that, I had a call. We did the interview. I was able to start the session, copy paste the link into the, uh, into the meeting chat. That person clicked on that and boom, they're in. And that person never didn't even know this was going to happen, right? They, they were expecting to do screen sharing because that's what they, that was their bar at the time. And so I was able to show this much more uh, easy, uh, how do I say, higher bar. And uh, they were able to successfully pair a program with me where before they were probably thinking they were just going to be kind of this passive observer uh, situation. So it really worked great. I missed an opportunity. I was, I was doing a coding dojo across the internet into India with uh, about 300 people. Now, and I thought, oh my God, this would be a good stress test of code together as well. But I had a lot of other things to deal with at the time, so I, I didn't uh, unleash a, <laughs> a link on them. But I was thinking, wow, I wonder if this would work. Uh, so, by the way, do you know what it scales to? There isn't a, uh, a fixed limit. We have simulated up to you know a couple dozen participants, but as long as you're all sort of coding or observing together, it's really easy. I think we'd have more of an issue if you had, you know, 300 people simultaneously coding against one system because it all gets backlogged into the IDE. So, for instance, with VS Code being single-threaded, you know, kind of for the core backend, uh, you start to run into, you know, things like, well, the node process is servicing up the TypeScript language symbols while somebody else wants to do content assist and they kind of get queued up behind in layman's terms. Wow. If you had many people teaching... Absolutely, no issue with that. Right. Lots of people coding. There's various host limitations we've noticed. That's cool. Thank you for that because I, that was like the evil thought in my back. Of my mind said, "Oh, I bet this won't. This could work, or it may not work, and maybe I'll try it out." <laughs> and uh, at the time, we were using um, real VNC strategy for for teaching a, a large class of people who mostly were passive. But if I had, I think there is. Are there two links you can share, or is it is it only interactive? Yeah, right now there is all it's all interactive. It's very easy for us to provide the observe-only sort of model, and absolutely, that's something I think uh, we'll want to do for teachers, but right now, we're so optimized on the pair programming. Yeah, don't don't restrict it. I, I love that you didn't, and uh, <laughs> I'm not even sure I want that feature, but uh, what's the but? No buts, uh, because if I don't want to suffer mob programming with 300 people, I just won't share the link to 300 people, so, so I love that it's easy to jump in and out. I really hate screen sharing strategies because it requires this master-slave relationship where one has to request uh, authority to do changes, and then even then the resolutions on the screens aren't really, uh, a lot of the screen sharing tools aren't that good. Yeah, no, please keep keep up, keep up, being different. Don't be, don't be uh, uh, adding too many controls. My crazy edge case probably isn't that necessary.
Here's your experience of using code together is, is developers in an IDE, developer decides they wants to share a session, they click on something, they get a link, they send the link over the messaging system, and whoever clicks on that link, it opens up into their browser some kind of a virtual screen sharing of just the IDE. And the experience is, and it varies sometimes as we talked about earlier about how COBOL may or may not have command completion or IntelliCompletion. The user, no matter what, can interact with the editor along with the first person who who opened the session, and uh, and and then again, the command completion is supported in many languages, and it sounds like more are being added as well. That's right, and so when you join in from the IDE. Right now, uh, kind of first generations of, of Code Together all had a very Monaco VS Code like look and feel. So now you'll be able to come in, choose your styling and your IDE key bindings, which is dear and near to the hearts of many. Uh, so are you saying the person in the web browser could have different key bindings than the person who's, oh, there we are. That stops exactly the key right. binding fights. Yes, there's a little, right. that's a thing. <laughs> like we were just speaking to somebody who's like, well, you know, I was always an Emacs guy, but I love IntelliJ now. And so I, whatever it may be. So you come in to the IDE, it defaults to whatever the host has. You say, you know what, I'd rather have a uh, IntelliJ look with a Emacs key binding. Doesn't matter if I connect to somebody who's on VS Code, Eclipse, JetBrains, doesn't matter. You get kind of the experience of key bindings you're used to, which is a big frustration with screen sharing as well when you join in and all of a sudden everything's different. Like I can't hit control period to do a quick fix. That's that's not acceptable. Um, the or one, let the me one, raise the bar here. I, I type in Dvorak and I just realized that this handled it seamlessly. Obviously that, that uh, interview I did, the fellow was able to use this regular QWERTY standard keyboard and I was using Dvorak and, and we, he didn't even know. <laughs> Exactly right. So we want to we we don't relay keystroke uh, in in kind of simple terms. We relay kind of the the instructions you're trying to do. So if you if you think of content assist, we're not relaying the screenshot of the content assist. We're relaying the the knowledge and end secure about the actual content assist actions, and then you choose one that says run action five in simple terms. And so it's very efficient. It doesn't matter that the key bindings to do content assist are different here versus there. It does try to make it simple. I will add on, because I don't think I, I brought it up uh, so far, is right now, if you use Code Together, depending on when you watch this podcast, it may only have an editor and content assist and validation and things like that. We have a branch of work that's remoting the, develop, the debug experience as well. Uh, because we look at it and say, what are the things that are missing from screen sharing? What frustrates me? And so every time I have to augment my Code Together session with a screen share because we're debugging something, uh. like, no, 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 I need to go... Down in the stack. No, no, I mean up. No, no, no. Just visually click low and you oh, this shouldn't be so hard. Right. Because when you're debugging, exploring values or variables or where am I in the stack, it's a high content experience that is very hard to explain what you want the other person to do. I can take control, but you're looking at the values too. So we're adding more value to code together progressively as we move forward. You know, debug, terminal, console output or, or heavily requested features. Awesome. Awesome. Any comment about whether it's less bandwidth than, say, using either screen sharing or VNC strategies? Uh, significantly less. We, we're we actually trying to pull some formal numbers on kind of a larger server that because it's, it's hard to say on lightweight, but we're seeing something like less than 1% of the usage of screen sharing. Wow. 
probably considerably less than that when we get the final numbers because it is is very compact. Wow. So it, it's, it's way better. When we added in end-to-end encryption in one of the early versions, it increased the payload size a bit, but it's still significantly better than screen sharing. That's awesome. Good message. I don't know if you know this, but it's a big deal when a lot of these companies now who are who are dealing with COVID, they may not have good infrastructure to deal with the bandwidth that they're using, using, say, Citrix or something like that. Some of my clients are really difficult to communicate with because of that. Their, their infrastructure is under too much stress. And, and it's not just the it's not just the the bandwidth. We've observed a lot more people working at home. Screen sharing. If you use Slack screen sharing, you'll see your CPU spike. And so we've actually gotten to a point where debug sessions would stall out because of screen sharing, whereas you use code together and everything's fine. More people at home on computers that maybe weren't all set up to be high-powered corporate machines. And then you try to slap on a, a, a Slack screen sharing on top. Um, minor note, I noticed GoToMeetings is much better in CPU, though we're still way better in uh, data. <laughs> but oh, okay. it's interesting as you try different ones because we have one developer who literally can't screen share and really work because... It all falls apart. So absolutely, bandwidth, CPU, it's designed to be very lightweight and optimal. Wouldn't it be great to develop new features with zero bugs? Deployment to production day doesn't have to be stressful. With some changes, it can be relaxing and just another day at the office. Are you a developer who has heard of test-driven development, but you haven't figured out how to apply it at work? If you have 90 minutes for a live over-the-web class, go to TDD Academy and sign up for my hands-on test-driven development coding dojo, TDD Academy. If you're playing this in a podcast player, go check out the show notes and you'll find some YouTube demos of people using code together. The first episode of the series started in episode 109. Go find the show archive to catch up. Next episode, we hear more from Tim of Genua Tech about code together. We are just rolling out per request some on-premise deployments via the sort of Docker container model so people can take the kind of the, the edge server behind the firewall so the source never leaves their network.